Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I am your co-host, Christopher Lucana Harrington, joined by my easternly direction, Mr. Brandon Howard Thurston. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm great. I remembered to hit the record button this time, so everything's better. Yes, everything is better. We managed to. This is this is take two on the intro for WrestleNomics Radio episode fifty. Fifty ish. You know, it's uh, we've been doing this a little over a year, but we didn't do it weekly at the start. That's but right. I had you as a guest star a few times too, so it's right. it's all over the place. Yes. True historians will have to spend a lot of time combing through the archives to figure it all out. Yeah, yeah. There there will but, be uh, WrestleNomics historians at, at this rate. There there will definitely be fifty years ex- from now, maybe. I'm excited that um, we might have some new listeners going on. I know uh, Dylan Hales uh, put out a podcast request to people saying, you know, what podcast you listen to? And a couple people mentioned WrestleNomics, and I'm hoping that, in, you know, encouraged people to check us out for the first time. So if you're tuning in for time number one, just understand, yes, we are intending to sound this way. And uh, this is pretty much what the show is always like. We talk about the financials and minutia of professional wrestling and the new media world that we live in. Mm-hmm. We uh, do this free show every week, and we also have a premium show that we just finished recording. It was over two hours where we talked about a lot of good stuff. Like what, Brandon? We talked about BTIG's analysis. They're projecting that WB's stock price is going to rise even further to $75 per share. And they, they made a number of uh, hypotheses about what's going to happen to WB's business that we go over in detail. We go over my estimates of what I think WB's revenue is going to be through 2025 revenue and weave to breaking down what's going on with with w as far as being a direct consumer business versus being a business to business business and all this money that's increasingly coming from big businesses and and less and less in proportion is coming from the consumer the wrestling fan and and what i think is really cool in that estimate is we talk about both revenue and profit weave to and kind of the comparison of the two because they're not growing at the same rates in terms of the ratios between uh, what we call DTC and B2B and just some interesting ramifications. I think it's kind of the new thesis statement for us right now about where we think WWE business is going is this idea of fan-driven revenue and non-fan-driven revenue. And I want to give a hat tip to I think Mr. John Lister was the person who reached out to me with that idea at one point. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talk about the New Japan president. And uh, just kind of those transitions from toy magnet to uh, uh, a wrestling company president. Harold Meach. What is it going to mean for this company? And what is what are some analogies, good and bad, that we can make about what what this is going to look like in terms of their ambition and uh, what their actual ability to produce? We uh, go through Mookie's polls and uh, the FMW analogy of the week. As I always say, I'm a big fan of the history of FMW. Uh, podcast that's going on right now. It's actually being turned into kind of a video podcast, so you can watch it on YouTube and you can see the clips in real time that they're talking about, which is even cooler. So uh, Bahu and uh, International Wrestling, Stephen, uh, the work that they're doing is fantastic. And uh, just lawsuits, MLW, everything else under the sun. Five dollars a month, just five dollars, uh, less than less than a dollar an hour for content. Probably fifty cents an hour is yeah. when you really get down to it, because we uh, record extra long premium every single week we do movie reviews we're going to be doing a movie review for something called lipstick and dynamite which is a uh, a women's wrestling documentary that came out a number of years ago that's available i think on amazon prime that uh, we're going to watch and, and review tomorrow yeah for uh 
Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. It's been a huge month for us. WWE business deals, when they get hot, we get hot, which is exciting for us. We spent all last week just talking about Raw and talking about the, the TV deal for Raw that USA made and the fact that they were basically letting SmackDown float. In less than 24 hours, we get bombarded with the fact that Fox makes a $205 million AAV average annual value deal for SmackDown for Friday nights. And putting it on the network too, no less. I, I, I imagine we a selective WrestleNomics historian could could go through the uh, archives and find all sorts of contradictory things that I've said about this deal, being like, well, Fox is going to get want Raw, not SmackDown. Well, Fox is not going to put SmackDown on Fox. They're going to put on FS1, and I was wrong and wrong. So a big money deal for them. And uh, so we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about a tier WWE network, and then we're going to always have you know, some list of numbers that we can all play with and talk about what does it mean or what does it not mean. Yeah. So it'll be a fun, fun show today. Uh, Brandon, do you have any big plans for tomorrow, Monday, day off? Um, No, I should probably watch uh, Lipstick and Dynamite tonight. Uh, I'm going to do training tomorrow. That's what I do on Monday, Monday evenings, yeah. Over at the Grapplers Anonymous? That's right. In Lackawanna, New York, just south of Buffalo, just south of downtown Buffalo. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. I think um, I might go... I'll reveal the curtain a little bit. So my friend apparently got on House Hunters. Do you know oh, what that is? A TV show? It's a TV show, On yes. traditional television? On on traditional linear television, wow. yeah. Wow. Uh, so she, she got on the show, but the thing is they said, uh, well, what makes you interesting? And she's like, well, I do improv. And they're like, great. We would like some video of you doing improv. And they're like, oh, well, uh, when can you come? And they're like, well, we can come and record it this time. So she's running a fake show, like a fake improv show for a reality that we can TV all sit show. in the audience. Yes. Oh, wow. So that they can take clips of her performing in the show with, I think. Uh, and so then they can splice it in. What's even crazier is I think she's already bought the house. So it's even like, you know, I don't know if they've been recording with her this whole time or like then like when you go on the show, you've already decided what you wanted. So you just pretend like you have to decide. Yeah. I don't know how it works. Hmm. So I'm very curious to uh, reveal the curtain and the fakery that's going on in, in uh, uh, reality television so I can talk about the reality of professional wrestling television. That's right. Is there a reality TV media that's covering scrutinizing reality TV series? You know, there's a there's a um, a show that's on Hulu now that I'm really excited about where it's uh, it's oh, gosh, what is it called? Tokyo Idols. <laughs> no, not oh. Tokyo Idols. That's all over my Twitter right now. Handshake sexiness. Um sexualization of handshakes that I talked to you about. Um, but no, uh, it's, it was a producer or like an intern or something who worked on the bachelorette or the bachelor maybe. And then she wrote a, a whole scripted TV show about like her time on the bachelor. And it's kind of about like how they manipulate everybody on that show to do what they wanted and kind of the insanity of it. And so it's this interesting scripted show based on the reality of a, making of a reality show. Does that follow? Mm hmm. And so that's now available on Hulu, and so I very much want to watch that. Hmm. And uh, I've heard that that is actually a really interesting kind of look behind the scenes. And even though it is a scripted show, it's actually a very accurate depiction of kind of the the absurdity of the reality television show production biz. So there you have it. And yeah, I, I imagine there's podcasts that talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is, is talks- there a reality TV economics show, though? Probably oh. not. I don't know. You know, what is it? TV by the numbers, right? That's got to be what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, SmackDown, big deal, 205 AV. Uh, you and I did a live Q&A this week talking about this, but surprise, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't now the expect... shock is worn off. Maybe it's not as surprising as it was in the time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't. Um... It's not that surprising that they went to Fox. Knowing what we knew about the raw, the value of raw to uh, to USA in the, in the new deal, it's not that surprising that it would be worth that much. I guess it's on the high end of, of what my expectations would be. But yeah, I think it was definitely on the high end of my expectations because on an hourly basis, Raw and SmackDown are getting a very similar amount of money, mm-hmm. and on a coverage basis, it's big win for them. Uh, I guess I had assumed that because USA was essentially saying, hey, I want Raw, I am willing to float SmackDown. SmackDown was going to get a lousy offer because I, I kind of also interpreted that article about USA mm-hmm. as saying, you know, we're looking for suitors for SmackDown. You know, that was kind of the inferment of it. And instead, it's like, oh, Fox is willing to pony up a billion dollars over five years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the idea of SmackDown being a billion dollar brand is, is a little bit mind shaking in my mind that it could be worth that much more when it's, you know, today 50 million maybe. And so you're getting a four X yeah. that, that just, that just amazes me that a show that, you know, has been kicked around all the way down to my network TV over to sci-fi has been, you know, more back and forth and is always the B show. The idea that, you know, you're in some ways you're paying and elevating it to treat it like it is a true competitor to raw. But in those days, live TV didn't have the value that it has today. And I mean, SmackDown's gone back and forth from being a, a split brand and, and not a split brand. So, you know, I, I think one thing you can say is, I think we might've said this before, but uh, I think making SmackDown a, a split branded uh, TV show with its own exclusive roster was a really good move for them. They probably don't get this much value out of SmackDown if they don't do that uh, in 2016. I think stars are always going to be the driver. So it's hard to say a year oh, from the brand year is the half. driver. I think stars are still the driver. I mean, the brand is the driver, but honestly it will make a difference of whether or not Braun Strowman is on that or in English, you know, they, they will care about putting someone like a Ronda Rousey if she still has cachet by that point there. Um, I do think they will play around with the idea of, you know, do we want to appeal more to women or not make this the women's wrestling show? I, I do wonder about what they'll do with those sort of things or even 205 Live or, or other kind of unique things that they could throw on there to spice up the show. I, I do ultimately think it's a wrestling show. They're going to be doing wrestling and it's going to be not that different than any other time they've done wrestling. It's a Friday night. In some ways, it's a lower expectation night of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they need to have decent ratings, but you don't have to kill it. You're not competing with Monday Night Football. Will it so, be live or taped on Friday? I think for that amount of money, all cards are on the table. And I easily think that they will pursue a live format more often. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it will be every time. Because you could also come up with models where you're going to tape Thursday, Friday or something like that. You know? Um, I don't know how and, that model would ever Robbie go live. Comes, and Robbie comes a tape program. <laughs> no, no. I mean like they would tape two weeks of SmackDown at a time or something, mm. you know, whenever you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, am not sure. I, I always thought that the splitting of brands would give them more flexibility when it came to running shows around the world and timing out how they wanted to run events. And in some ways I haven't seen that as well done. You know, I really thought it would be something where you could say, Hey, we're we're willing to just show a taped SmackDown or do it tape delay because we're going to be international and then send one crew to Australia and send one crew to South America. But we haven't seen a ton of that yeah. happening. But I, I wonder I, I if think we will see money, more. I think for this money and because live is, is such a part of this story, I th- I, I think it'll be live. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if it was if they made it a tape program, but I think it'll be live. I keep pushing the idea that they could do residencies, you know, go to Vegas for a month. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think a lot of other people love that idea, but I totally see them being able to say, we don't care about getting a giant live event gate. In fact, we'll even discount the tickets. We'll just make sure we sell them. Right. But I also love the idea that SmackDown will be Fridays before WrestleMania. And that show I have to believe is going to be live. You know, the lead in show right before WrestleMania on WrestleMania weekend. Mm hmm. It oh, it makes wow, so much right. sense just that, that to have a live mess Friday up. night show. Yeah, that's gonna mess up. Um, what? That's gonna mess up WrestleMania weekend because I well well not really right. I guess you could do you're gonna do SmackDown on Friday. Actually, it's gonna make it better, right? Because you can do SmackDown on Friday, NXT. Let's say you're gonna have to fit the Hall of Fame in here somewhere too. Yeah. So the thought is Hall of Fame might have to move to Thursday. But, but at least you're you not know, ending with SmackDown. Yes, I think that's gonna be so much better. And and your hardcore fans are already gonna be flying in early. Friday night is, you know, Friday night means you can fly in Friday or you could fly in Thursday. Um, You don't have to stay till Tuesday. So you're not missing Tuesday work. You can go home on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so much better. And I I haven't actually heard any feedback from people who are on the road, what they would feel. You know, right now the SmackDown guys essentially have and girls uh, have Fridays off because they usually work Saturday to Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like when it's Friday there. Does that mean both both things are going there? Does it mean maybe the death of Monday night house shows for SmackDown brand? If in fact they are going live on SmackDown on Fridays, there, there's a lot of logistical questions there. 
same thing. They've already booked, you know, things for a year. This is a year and a half away before this starts. Right. So we have a lot of time for them to kind of readjust the new schedules. So let's think about um, this. The first SmackDown on Fox will happen in October or September 2019? I think it's October. I think the deal ends in September. September 30th, I think it ends. Because I think the idea is it's it's all of Q4 impact, October, November, December, yeah. three months. I, I think they've been explicit on just what the date is that the contract ends i think that was some i read that somewhere i i think it is september 30th i'm pretty sure yeah. maybe it is september 1st it, it, i'm not sure um but i mean october the first friday in october is october 5th mm-hmm. the the friday before that is september 28th so i would assume pro, my guess would be october 5th it's going to be a lot no matter what if I was WWE, I'd kick off SmackDown with a live show on a Friday oh, yeah. on Fox, even if it meant the next week it's taped. Just you want to start off making it seem like a big deal. Yeah. And um, it, honestly, the added cost is more than overshadowed. You know, if it's a $50 million deal now, 50 to or so, uh, maybe maybe even less uh, on that. Usually they have about a 50 percent margin. So maybe twenty five million dollars in costs. So if you go to something that's worth 205 median value, which means maybe they start low, what I don't know what number you threw in your estimates, maybe 180 or something is where they're starting. And you're talking about a, comp, a show now doubles in cost. That's $50 million. That's $130 million profit compared to now you're making $25 million profit. So any way you go on this, they're probably going to make $100 million more on SmackDown than they make today yeah. in a year, yeah. which means $2 million more a week. So – you have a lot more money to play with to even and that was me assuming they would double their cost to produce the show right and they could pay the wrestlers more now too right well right you know the challenges will be a they're independent contractors or hey they could have they can afford to convert them to employees like they really uh, operate as well that's the thing so they can't pay the road expenses because that would interfere with their independent uh contractor status and I, I appreciate one of our our patreon listeners who kind of sent me a note mentioning that when i i answered that question on the Q&A. Um, I don't know what the the ramifications down the line would be if they converted them in terms of whether people who were previously treated as independent contractors would be able to have the right to sue and say, hey, you didn't treat me like this. You should have. I don't know whether this is state law or federal law they would get involved with. Uh, do I think they're going to pay the wrestlers more? No. Do I think that they might change the model in which wrestlers get paid? That's always a possibility. There's always a chance that they would change it to something where they'd say um, everybody's contracts go up by 100 grand and we're going to reduce the number of live events percentages that everyone gets as a downside, you know, and that we're just going to try to even it out. So it's less about you getting paid by the gate of the live event and more about you just being a member of WWE and you get paid, you know, essentially five grand per show you're on or something, you know, some number. Mm-hmm. $2,500 per show. And let's see, your average guy does maybe 120 shows a, uh, a year. Mm-hmm. You know, the top guys are at 100 plus, 180 plus, but, you know, the average, average person, 130, let's say. Uh, and let's say you make $360,000. That's a lot. But that would suggest we pay you about $2,500 a show. So, you know, that would be another model is that you you keep it as a live event show, but then you don't necessarily pay them more or less based on how many uh, based on the size of the gate. But you just pay them flat. Mm-hmm. And so because part of it is that you do, you do want to, in a sense, keep guys touring as much as they can, is I feel like that the concern would be if you just pay them a whole lot for certain things for television and nothing for the live events, then people are going to be really, you know, you're going to it's going to vastly change the economics of it. I think they need to find a way to do it in such a way that they can still motivate people to stay on the road a lot, because in essence, that's always been their goal. Yeah. Or, or just start giving people breaks on house shows like you can only work house shows seven months out of the year. Yeah. I mean, if they pay people and weekly, offset offset that the, their pay with something else, you know, you know, like what is it? Lucha Underground, I think it's like a weekly deal, right? Hmm. You know, a lot of those deal or like a. Old days of TNA, I remember them talking about like America's Most Wanted had a deal for like ten grand a month a week, you know that sort of thing. Or like in Japan, it used to be that way, right? You'd get paid weekly or monthly or the tour, yeah. but but you it wasn't based on the gates of the house. It was based on the amount you agreed to. Bob always so, gave gave his wrestlers a guarantee. Yeah, and and that's the challenge is that you 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 have to think a lot about if television is this valuable, 
there's a huge cost to you if your stars get hurt. And so how do you balance making sure that your stars are available for television with your desire to be a worldwide touring company that has international live events? Mm-hmm. And don't, just don't book them on gonna, house shows as much. Well, that could be part of it. But then, you know, you don't want you don't want to establish a brand where everybody thinks house shows are completely worthless either. Right. Well, I think the a, a larger issue there is shoot angles on house shows, do stuff on house shows that's consequential. Um, that's a good point. Which they've, you know, they've that, that's that. I think that's just one of those. Oh, it's always been that way, kind of things. You know, we've always just ignored the value of house shows and just you know treated them like a, a show that's in this isolated universe. So that's what we're always going to do. That would be fascinating, though, to say, hey, you have enough money now from television to subsidize making live event tapings all over the world. So that, you know, what we your show almost becomes, let's show you here's Tuesday's match from from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And then next up is Wednesday's match from Minneapolis. And then next up after that is Thursday's match from Wisconsin. You know, that sort of thing where it'd be interesting to see if, if you could work that into the entire performance of the show with the live events there to make what Friday could be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even saying like uh, create a show in the network. That's uh, the best of, of house show matches from the week, but just like shoot an angle and then show it on TV at like shoot one angle at every house show. And, and you can shoot it with one camera and be like, this is what happened in, in uh, Fargo, North, North Dakota this week. Is Fargo even? Oh in yeah. North I mean, no, South Dakota, right? Where's Fargo? You live by Fargo. Fargo, I believe is in the North Dakota, North Dakota. Okay. Yeah, see, now, now you got me all, where is Fargo? I don't have to go to Fargo ever. Fargo, the city, <laughs> when you, when you pull up Fargo, you mainly get things about the movie. Yeah. Or the TV series. <laughs> uh, oh, we're so sad that neither of us know which state Fargo is in. Fargo state. Fargo is in North Dakota. I was yeah. correct. Okay. It is was... the county seat of Cass County. I, I was right in the first place. <laughs> what, what I'm going with. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, big cast being injured and ha- not being in money, the bank, you know, you, you, he did the angle on all the house shows. If you would capitalize on that. And then of course there's always been snippets of that over the last 20 years, you know, title changes and whatnot, where they, they would bounce the title around suddenly at a house show. Yeah. We were but kind of getting rare. into fantasy booking, but like you could, if somebody gets injured, just cover it as it is and be like, here's the video of this so-and-so unfortunately getting injured and whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about you. You mentioned WWE Network there. And so one one question that comes out of this to me is, do you do a tiered network and how soon? Mm-hmm. Because to me, you suddenly have the viable option to go and develop a WWE tiered network um, because no longer do you have to be so worried that, oh, my gosh, it's you know, if this fails, I'm going to what am I going to do? How am I going to feed myself? You have TV money that's going to vastly grow faster and more profitably than network money is the difference between, you know, someone asked me one time, why, why don't I think WWE is going to put this on the network? And I explained to even make the amount of money WWE makes today on network programming, they would have to get almost, um, a hundred million, you know, they, they would have to get such a large percentage of increase for the, the revenue that, that, I'm sorry. My wife came in and handed me a pasta salad, and I lost my train. <laughs> to put this in perspective, I, by my estimates, they're going to be making eight hundred five million dollars in TV money by the end of the this series of deals in two thousand twenty-five. Compare that to two thousand seventeen's entire revenue of eight hundred and one. So they're going to be making more more TV money by the end of this deal than they are making entire company revenue last year. And what I meant to say before I got how's that pasta salad though it is really good <laughs> um what I meant to say is that you need almost twice as many subscribers to replace a a a, a do- you need twice as many dollars of the network to replace a dollar on television because the profit on the network is so much lower and so the point was that you would need like almost 800,000 more subscribers I think I figured out on the network just to pay for SmackDown. Mm. It just did not make sense when you have television networks that are out there that are probably going to be able to give you a 2x number or digital services that are out there that will vastly overpay and that don't cost you a thing to service. Mm. And the challenge with that, of course, is that the WWE Network, which, you know, 
two years ago, they would have said, this is our engine of growth. This is where everything's going to be. This is how we, we differentiate ourselves in the marketplace is stagnating, is becoming something where they get minor growth, maybe 3%, maybe 5% in a year, and they continue to slowly acquire market share around the world, but they're not exploding. And so you have the option to play the card where you reinnovate, where you reimagine, as they would say in the Business Partner Summit, yes. and you redevelop the network to become something completely different. WB Network 2.0. 2.0, which is 2. not going to be the name. We were promised that won't be the name. Um, if you watch the Business Partner Summit, you'd know I'm, I'm not just being silly here. Yeah. Uh, so the, the idea is what would a tiered network look like? And so there was an article on Seeking Alpha. There's actually been a bunch of articles on Seeking Alpha mm -hmm. uh, that we care. Some good, some not so good. And uh, one of them made a reference to this tiered network, and they re referred to a survey that was sent out, and they had a nice graph in it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I saw this whole survey. Oh, I and so it had this nice it. kind of four-plan tiered idea of what the survey might look like or what the network might look like. Mm -hmm. Did you go through this um, kind of options that they, they listed here? I believe we talked about this at the time. All right. I, is it, it's a 2016 survey. So maybe we didn't talk about it on WrestleNomics Radio, but I, I remember, I think I remember seeing this at the time. I remember seeing things similar to this. This is, this is interesting. I don't remember it being quite this succinctly put. Because hmm. um, basically they, they put out the idea of what if there was about four tiers? Yeah. And right now we'll start with the tier. I don't think there's going to be four tiers, at least not to start, but okay. Well, I, I like this idea. I actually think this makes a lot of sense to me. So the, the tier we're on today, here's what you would get. $9.99. You get video clips. You get all the pay-per-views. You get the NXT takeovers. You get an NXT show. You get a, a, a cruiserweight show. Let's call that 205 Live. Yeah. You get the archive. You get a 24-7 stream. You get some limited commercials, and you can watch it on any device. It's 99% the same as it is today. Maybe it's a little different because they talk about whether NXT is live or taped. Let's ignore that. You have access to the entire archive this way? Yes. Okay. When, when I say archive, I'm going to assume this means the archive that they have today. I don't I mean that this oh, is magically – you can go to any JCP house show from the 80s. This is same archives they have today. Yes. So this is $9.99. $9.99. So it's S what same, we have same, today. Yeah, same product you have now. Okay. So – and, and this is something you've said a thousand times and, and you and I have argued about, which is you can't take WrestleMania off the 999 yes. tier without you can't people take feeling stuff off cheated. the table. Yeah. Well, you can't take the WrestleMania off the table for sure. Yeah. I, I, I do think that there's a t big difference between taking Royal Rumble off the table and taking Backlash off the table. You know, there, there's a there's tiers of what people care about. WrestleMania top tier secondary things like uh, uh Royal Rumble or certain archives, second tier, NXT TakeOver, second tier, you know, that that very top stuff. And then the third tier is kind of other live programming. And the fourth tier is like very peripheral content like archives they have. Mm. So that's that's where we are today. So then that creates two points above and below it. So the next question is, what can you add to this service to make it valuable so that you would up the amount of money you're paying from nine ninety nine to more? Be it twelve ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, seventeen ninety nine, something. I don't think they're going to double it. I don't think it would be twenty bucks. I think it would yeah. be less than twenty bucks and more than twelve bucks. Yeah. And so, what this survey suggested would be, you would get the video clips, the all the pay per views, the NXT takeovers, the weekly NXT, the 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 they called it Cruiserweight Classic, but I'm guessing it's two hundred five live right. essentially. This was before two hundred five live debuted. Yes. Yeah. Full video archive, twenty four seven stream. That's just the channel. Then independent wrestling content and in the time they referred to it as roh and tna mm -hmm. we know now it's probably going to be closer to progress and i iwc or uh, not iwc what is it called icw icw thank you maybe some wn stuff maybe wwn exactly um no commercials so right now those limited commercials would be no commercials it would be available on all devices and it would include what they call fan perks which would be things like you can buy tickets early you can download the content and watch it, you know, watch it without a, a streaming connection. You get to vote on the Hall of Fame. Small group online chats. Who knows what that is? Maybe that's me meant to be like virtual meet and greet might be what that is. You know, they talked about that weird idea of the uh, the VR center that would be happening at NXT, that that digital innovation center and, you know, the ability of people to interact. Maybe something like that. I think they do virtual reality meet and greets. Maybe. That sounds weird. Maybe. 
deluxe fan perks, second screen content, invites to exclusive VIP meetups. Uh, you know, that would be I, I think that would be really interesting. And I think that's the right viewpoint of what the premium has to be, which is not just more content. It's yeah. not just more content. It's you also get to buy blank. And this ties back to that Tokyo Idols thing I was saying oh. where they were, you know, they sell CDs in those CDs. They put a little ticket. The ticket gets you into the handshake event to go meet your idols. And so in order for you to go to these live events, these meet and greets, these other things that are the premium things, you have to buy the physical content. And so this is kind of the next level digital version of this to say you want good tickets to go to WrestleMania with or Royal Rumble. You got to get the early event ticket access. You'll get that by being a subscriber to this top tier of the WWE network. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, maybe every year they'll send you a T-shirt. You know, if you've been a subscriber for 12 months, you get this or whatever it's going to be. You know, I'm sure there'll be other you know, 25% coupon this week because you've been subscribing for so long. You get a discount on tickets, maybe tickets, uh, merchandise. Just any, yeah, exactly. Also maybe exclusive merchandise, you know, we'll, we'll put it, put it out to this group of people first, you know? For, uh, for and then of course a lot of targeted, tickets, yeah. targeted ads up the wazoo, you know, mm -hmm. it's targeted towards you. Um, it makes sense. Uh, you know, the price point they had here is 1499. Like I say, I feel like they've learned so much about their data analytics here that it could be twelve ninety nine in the US, it could be fourteen ninety nine in the UK, it could be, you know, seventeen ninety nine. If they have a UK show, that would be interesting to see where that would fit in to this, whether that would be plan three or plan four, the nine ninety nine or above. I think it would be the higher tier. Anything added like that, why why put it on your nine ninety nine tier? Why not save it for a premium tier? I think that should be the mentality. But again, you, you you box yourself in the corner the longer you wait to launch this because the harder it is ever to A, move off the 999 price and mm -hmm. B, you know, what if you want to launch the UK show but you haven't launched the tiered network yet? You're not ready to launch all the other attributes of it, yeah. Yeah, so you really want to get it all in a line. So let's talk about the other direction. So what what would be the cheaper than the 999 tier? So they, they have a, a free tier and then they have kind of this like low end tier. And this one was interesting to me. The idea of the low end here. And so it's four ninety nine. Do you want to read what's available? For four ninety nine you get to watch all video clips less than five minutes each. You get the big four events only. These are pay per view events. You don't get NXT takeover. You get pre recorded NXT episodes. The other the higher tiers get them live, I guess, as the tapings are, are happening. Uh, you don't get two oh five live. You get the entire video archive, you get the linear stream, you do not get the independent wrestling content. You get some commercials uh, you can watch on your phone and tablet only, but not your smart TV. Is that what I'm, I'm reading here? No, yes. no game consoles. You could only watch it on mobile devices. I don't yeah, know if that's so going to fall through. But Yeah, uh, and so that obviously that would be one where people would be like, oh, well, all you have to do is download these 16 apps and hook up these four cords and look, I fooled it. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but 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 we're, the point here is what is what is the, the reasonable person going to be doing? Versus, yes, there you will be able to fool it, but that's not what. Yeah. And I've heard of this where you know they've talked about you know here's a plan, but it will only let you watch on a tablet. Yeah. Can I just say I, I, I don't, I've said this before. I don't think they should ever do a a, a, a tier that's lower than nine ninety nine. You've already got so many people on on the nine ninety nine tier. Why, why even bother with this? Why why allow people to downgrade? Why 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 give? I guess if you're going to make it that difficult and only put it on phone, phone and tablets, maybe. But like, well, there, there's lots of people out there, you know, that are only watching select pay-per-views who are going to be like, oh, okay, well, I, I'll, I'll save $5 a month and I'll do this, you know? So why, why, why let those people keep that $5? You're assuming that the, the base of consumers is who we have today. They're assuming that they can still get that enormous hardcore audience that they keep insisting exists, that 51% of the world. Yeah, so I guess know, what that, I'm saying is I don't think there's that many extra people that you're going to capture by offering a $5 tier. I think it's a decent idea because I think... Unless I think, that $5 tier includes Russellomics Premium, in which case it's another story. But. <laughs> well, you know, I think the idea that it's phone and tablet only, that's a big deal because I think there is that mentality to say, there are packages, you know, Netflix has packages and, and, and Hulu has packages. And I don't know if they do phone and tablet only, but they'd certainly have number yeah. of screens restrictions. Yeah. That sounds like and, almost like a useless service. Then if you're going to offer an OTT service that you can't watch on your TV, why are you I, even but, offering it? Because there's a generation of people that don't use televisions. 
This is a generation of people who live and breathe on their phone. There's large demographics of people that live and breathe on their phone that don't own a computer. Are you telling me that there's a younger generation out there who's really interested in new media and doesn't watch TV anymore? Possibly. And so I'm saying, like, you know, you can see people that don't have a computer in their household. They live and breathe on their phone and tablet. And more and more, that is the way that they're interacting. It's the YouTube. You know, it's someone who lives off YouTube now. It's the same consumer who buy, pays for YouTube Red. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a value there. Where... Come, come to think of it, they should just sell this for 999 yen. <laughs> Since you're not going to be able to watch it on your TV. But... Exactly, right? Uh, so essentially, that's the problem, is that New Japan World today is plan number two, the 499 plan. But I want the plan three. I'll pay for the plan three, and they can't offer it to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's smart to say you might be able to get people to dip their toe in the water a little bit better and stay as a consumer if they're phone and tablet only. Now, the the fact that there doesn't seem like they're offering offline offline content, I think that could burn them. I could see that as something where if you're going to use phone or tablet only, you do want offline content because you might be in a situation where you, you're more focused on, I want to be able to download it on Wi-Fi and watch it when I want to, right. rather than being forced to be tethered all the time. Yeah, and pay pay ten dollars more. So I I could see stuck even... somewhere where you're like I don't I don't know if I want to use it because it's going to use up my data. Exactly. Unless like, I mean I... we're not we're not getting close yet to a time where like the standard is unlimited data yet. Exactly, and so 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 I see this much more as that metropolitan person who's traveling who who lives on their phone, but at the same time they they want to be able to enjoy this and they know they don't need to spend twice as much to buy a service like this because they're not going to be watching it on their television. Mm-hmm. So. It's an option. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, I do agree that you have to limit it. So I do think that like not offering the peripheral pay-per-views for that low price, I think that's true because your your goal here is nudge, 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 push them up a tier. And what's better than nine ninety nine or zero is something in the middle. And I would have to believe this comes out of research that they're doing around, you know, why are you not a subscriber? And a lot of people might say, well, I don't, I only care about WrestleMania. Look at this. Granted, the survey is now almost two years old. Yes, but they're constantly surveying people and they're constantly reality, you know, using data analytics. I'm just saying this data point is two years old, but I think there's an opportunity there. And then then you have your free tier, your free tier. The gimmick is you would get the video clips. We keep saying video clips. What they really mean by that is all the YouTube content, Mm -hmm. all the short form content that they already offer. But instead of it being on YouTube, it would be essentially on their package it would be delivered from them yeah i think all this stuff is on w.com already right like all the um all the youtube and uh there's facebook clips as well i think everything that's on youtube like the clips of raw and smackdown are duplicated on facebook and i think they're duplicated on w.com i think so so you get that video clips you get five hours of the archive a month which Anytime you get into this, like, I'm metering how much you can watch of something, that gets complicated. Because I could see that being, you know, very frustrating for people. Well, Especially if it autoplays. You're trying to make them buy the thing. <laughs> I guess so, but I'm just not familiar with services that, that say, you've already used up your limit. Though It's more like the New York Times paywall than it is of yeah. video streaming. Yeah. But maybe that's how it would work, is... You would say you have 10 videos you get to watch a month. But even in this model, I see that you must be creating an account to use it. And that already is a little bit of friction. Mm-hmm. You get the 24-7 stream. There will be commercials. And you can watch it on any device. So i assuming this is something where this is the we want your data. We want to know who you are. And then we're going to market the hell out of you until you finally sign up. Yeah. We're going to so, market you into submission. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I thought that was, you know, I've talked a lot about what would the WWE Network look like in the future. And this seems to make sense to me in terms of how they're trying to, um, you know, allocate it. I do think the challenge that they're going to have is you have to train people about what does it mean to get premium physical perks out of a digital subscription? Is that, you know, is it the Amazon Prime of wrestling? Is that what you're offering here? So you're signing up to get a digital service. And then on top of that, you get some kind of physical perk. But that's unusual. That's different than what people have seen before. I think people are somewhat conditioned to that by by subscribing to Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon Prime's got how many millions of subscribers? So I think there's there's 
but I, but I feel it's works the other way that. around. Hmm? That works the other way around. People subscribe to Amazon Prime because they want free shipping, and then they have a video service that they've kind of for- pushed in to convince more people that this is worth it to them mm-hmm. as a value add. This there's, is more saying, I have a video there, service, too, right? and here is like if Netflix offered you a discount on Loot Crate. Yeah. I guess all I'm saying is there's there are services out there that are popular that offer video streaming as well as other things that... People who totally. might subscribe to a higher tier of the W network might be already accustomed to. So we got peas, we got tricolor uh, yes. rotini, got tomatoes. Are you eating on the air? Got some olives, and this uh, is deeply unprofessional. Might be either pepperoni or like turkey pepperoni. Hmm. I'm impressed. Tastes really good. So that's where we are in the WWE network. Um, I want to get to a question that our, our, our buddy Rich asked us. Yes. Uh, SmackDown's going to Fox. Who do you target with this? Do you target new fans? Do you assume that you're just going to bring over your fans you already have? Do you target, do you make it, you know, the Cruiserweight show, the women's show, the the action show, the promo show? What do, what do you do with SmackDown? What are they going to do or what they should do? I don't know. I, I, I guess those two answers for me are not that much different. It's going to be SmackDown. It's going to be men and women heavyweights mostly um yeah you and they're they they think they already are trying to appeal to a general audience i mean what would a general audience product look like as opposed to what it looks like today well you could argue that one that actually creates stars but you know that's a larger problem well and there's also like age and and demographic so you know smackdown at one point you know they ran angles with eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio and and Mm -hmm. it was like a spanish telenovela and did very well in hispanic demographics and so you could argue they made a conscious choice to make it the Hispanic wrestling show mm-hmm. and that that was good for their audience and the development and the storylines. And so the question would be, would Fox want something that's edgier? Would Fox want something that's more mass appeal? Would Fox want something that, you know, fits into certain demographics? Do they want a real fight feel? Do they want, you know, uh, uh, do they, is it going to promote Raw all the time? Is it just going to be the Raw B show? No, I think it's going to be at first – a big deal and then it's going to level back off to being about the level that it's at right now and uh maybe there'll be some to do about whether or not they're going to have good enough ratings to avoid getting pulled from from the fox broadcast network so they don't get thrown on fs1 but uh do you think yeah. it'll be like mix match challenge part two where the winner gets the actual money and the losers get fired from the company and so every week you just whittle down your roster and then you pay everybody everyone else's pay what what i don't know i'm just i'm, I'm pitching crazy re- reality show ideas mm-hmm. in the form of a wrestling program no i think i mean maybe there'll be a, a, a maybe ronda rousey will debut on, on smackdown by then or something like that maybe like you said before brock lesnar will be, be over there too but uh you can put certain stars over there to try to pop the territory but uh it's gonna be smackdown that's what's gonna happen i don't know i mean if they really wanted to get a, a more general audience i would say you need to reevaluate the way you you build stars and the way you book but that's you know that's that's the larger story well and the other half of this being that over and over and over again they tell us international is the future international is the future we're focused on the international talent development we're focused on creating international localized stars global localization as paul would say but who's bringing in all the money domestic television deals Mm -hmm. domestic wwe network subscriptions that's number one and number two like those that's knocking it out of the park in terms of revenue drivers. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hard to imagine that it's not focused continuously on domestic territory. And so I just wonder, are we going to continue to look internally and say, what in the United States can we produce that's going to be consumed worldwide? Are we going to see gender pushes? Or are we going to see uh, whatever the next round of that's going to look like? You know, if we are setting up these, te- these developmental territories around the world and on the flip side of that is, is it even right to think of international talent development as having to be so driven by international stars? Like, can't Braun Strowman be a star in India? Yeah, he can. Does W think that way, though? No. At least not yet. Not yet. Not not quite yet. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm just thinking out loud about just over and over. I think we all thought, oh, it's going to be gender because the money's coming from, you know, international. 
And then suddenly the U.S. is putting up such a large part of that money that maybe they are going to focus much more on the U.S. North American marketplace. And then the question will be – I think they see – yeah, lots of their money, the vast majority of their money may be coming from the U.S., but they think that, okay, but that's because that region is sort of captured. We've we've got that region under control. We know what we're doing there. But YouTube viewership tells us that there's 70% of our, our YouTube viewership is coming from outside the U.S., and that and that's the opportunity for them. And that's why they think they need to get into India and China and in the Middle East and, and wherever. They see that maybe those economies aren't, aren't strong enough to do the business that the U.S. is doing, but over time those economies are probably going to get stronger, and uh, there's more room there to grow. There's room to grow uh, in, on the U.S. in terms of like maybe live sports become even more valuable. But appealing to the domestic market doesn't reassure that. I just think you could be doubling down now on how to make yourself relevant and interesting to the U.S. marketplace and spend less time worried about how am I going to appeal to those whims of these cultures I don't understand at all when I can barely get my homegrown audience sure. satisfied. Sure. But I, I think they view it as like, we, we, we're already doing a great job over there, over here in the U.S. So we, we've, we've got it mastered. So what do we have? What do we got to do? We got to grow the international markets. They think they're already doing well in, in the U.S. in terms of appealing to, I don't know, whoever they're appealing to. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. No. And I, 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 hear I, I think that they're, they're <clears throat> turning off a lot of fans or former fans or lapsed fans or occasionally engaged fans who could be more engaged. Because people are turned off by the style of product that the main roster produces. And I don't think that's ever going to change as long as Vince McMahon is the one who's making the decisions about what the creative is going to be like on the main roster. Because he just doesn't see it that way. I think that it will be fascinating to see what happens with this global localization, both in terms of opportunities given to talent to go around the world and work in these other areas of the world training and being stars or whatever it's going to mean Mm. and also in terms of things like the uk show Mm. what will it be when there's another vision of professional wrestling that needs to be produced on a weekly basis using a different culture of people and what will they do with that and will it be better nxt is already around and it's not necessarily a different geographical culture but nxt is not being shown internationally all that much is it I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if it's on international television. I mean, it's on the network, which is available internationally. But. I know, but I'm saying, again, I don't think you, 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 you're capturing a captured audience when you show something on the NXT, on the WWE network. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not capturing a new audience. Yeah. And so I think you're, you're, not, you're not putting it on a, on a, on a network that has. You're not mass offering it up for competition. Coverage. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm I'm curious how something like the UK show would work because in a sense that's saying what is the vision for a show based in another person's culture? It'll be the first one we've seen since you know the Super Astros or something, and we know how that went. Yeah, I I think it'd be what 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 would a WUK TV show be like? I think it'd be similar to an NXT TV show. And just a question of is that the right approach? You know, is is NXT TV set to be like a wrestling show or like a developmental territory it's set what do you mean what's the intention well i'm just saying do you think that it's set to be just like a wrestling show like anything else or do you think it has an element to it where it seems to be this is what we do but it's because we're a developmental territory so we know that you know we can't we can't expect these people to be around forever it's both isn't it they're, they're trying to create great content, great TV shows, but also give these performers the learning experience, the, the, the preparation for being on the main roster. Yeah, I guess. I and guess it, it introduces always... them to main roster fans who are somewhat engaged with the network and, and NXT TV. I guess my question is, do you think that it has the feel to it that it is developmental the way that they write and produce the show? Or do you think they treat it like a standalone territory? What's the difference? I don't understand the question. The, like, there's a difference between... Why does developmental have to be, like, not good? I don't know. It's not saying that it's not good. I'm just saying sometimes I think it has a different mindset to it. It's kind of the difference between being a 
being a, an original work of art and being a a training school where you're performing. Why can't it be both? It can be. I'm I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to, to challenge whether or not it's being like if NXT was sold. I'm just saying if imagine NXT did not exist as a WWE developmental, mm-hmm. but rather Saudi Arabia said I'd like to buy NXT. <laughs> And it doesn't belong to WWE anymore. I own all of this. I own all the contracts. I own everything. I'm running this now. Yeah. Does it stand alone and change immensely if if it wasn't being built for the idea that it's developmental? If it was its own territory, like in the old days? Would it change immensely if it was separated from WWE? Yes. If it was a Ring of Honor knockoff? It would change... Hmm. I guess it would change that, somewhat in that it wouldn't they wouldn't have to do special WWE things and they could be more worried about let's just get everybody as over as we can get get them. Yes. I guess that's what I'm trying to understand is will WWE UK be that or will it be will it be more like Raw or NXT? And if it's NXT, does that imply that then their the main goal is actually get them to Raw or SmackDown? I think everything will always be subservient to main roster as long as at least as long as Vince is around. Got it. What do you think? So you do not you do not see Braun Strowman being traded to WWE UK. Mm. It depends on how valuable I, that deal is, I guess. If they say I, they make a deal with Sky. <laughs> yeah, I, I see Curtis Axel being traded, or or, or Kurt Hawkins. I yeah. see. I don't see WWE. I, I agree with you. I don't see WWE treating WWE UK as if it's a show worth putting stars on. I see it as a show. It's worth putting cultural stars on, which in their definition is people that fit that demographic. I, I think creatively, it's a great idea to swap your talent in and out and refresh them. Yes. I mean, Cesaro in WWE UK would be amazing. Yeah. And I, I don't think we're going to get that, but I could see that as being, you know, even Seamus, you know, talk about someone who has a little bit of a natural fit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it would be in- it would be interesting to see that Neville. You know, where mm-hmm. where would he fit in? Would they bring him back for that? That would be intriguing. Would he come back? Yeah. Would he come back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's my point is if you treat it like it's not developmental, then it doesn't sound like 205 Live where you're basically cursing guys. I mean, there's an angle on 205 Live now about like TJ Perkins being like, I want to go to SmackDown. I don't, I don't want to be part of 205 Live. Mm. And, you know, the, the argument was, shouldn't everyone want to be there? <laughs> Anyhow, um, WWE po- to the brand is above all is most important. Yes, yeah, that's what that, that's De- why Steve Austin was such a big star because he had such allegiance to the WF brand. <laughs> uh, WWE had their most like. You want to talk about brand getting over the Instagram posts, most liked Instagram posts with three hundred and forty-two thousand or more likes. Um, they gave the top fifty as a uh, a. A gallery that they did. I have not gone through WWE's Instagram to validate this mm. to see whether or not there's, you know, posts maybe of people that, you know, Enzo Amore was in one of them and they just don't want to show it. I have not checked. Um, but it ranges from about 340,000 to 700,000 likes. And so they had the top 50 and I, and the uh, document that I keep for the notes for the show. And if you're a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash Russell Nomics, $5 a month, you get access to all our data. All our notes, all our graphs and charts, tables, spreadsheets, links. Um, I in, actually, the, in the notes. Yeah, I put all the 50 uh, – I put a description of all 50 pictures in there with the number of, of votes or likes just to see kind of you know who was the most popular in this. And what's interesting is number one is Rey Mysterio, and I think it was from his backstage at Royal Rumble um, picture. Number two was Daniel Bryan, and it was basically the announcement that he's returning. But neither of those guys appear in the other 48 pictures. So those are very news-driven things, right? Yeah. I think it's much more, you know, people focused a lot on number one and number two, but I, I kind of feel like the other 48 are the ones that tell the story because those are the ones that are a little bit more in the the now of what is actually happening week to week. Does this tell us who's a draw, though? It does a little bit because you know who shows up the most in this? The biggest draw. The biggest draw, Mr. Roman Reigns, the big dog. Roman Reigns He's, is a draw. Roman Reigns is a draw, though. Where's John Cena here? He really was not in any of these photos. That's why I say I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little wary. He was number fifteen. He 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 was on there once or twice. Hmm. 
I'm a little wary about whether the time frame of this is, whether maybe it's just the last year. Because yeah, they don't say. It, it, unfortunately, WWE's rigor when it comes to these things is just not quite where I wanted it to be for WrestleNomics. Does it, they need some consultation in WrestleNomics? <laughs> maybe. They can email us at uh, WrestleNomics at gmail.com. Inquiries are open. Um, dark DMs. You can slide in whatever yeah. you need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Roman had about 14 pictures. Rollins had about 11. Ambrose had seven. And there's a whole bunch of the shield. So I counted them every time when it was the shield. I counted each guy individually. Mm. But shield is at number 50, number 47, number 43. Um, there so was the one. Shield number 26, Roman number 25. Uh, the, the shield plus Kurt uh, Angle. You know, it... it I would say the shield is a big deal. That That's really my yeah. takeaway from this is not Roman Reigns is a big deal. I'd say the shield oh. is a big deal. Uh, my other one is Paige. She's in five of these pictures. And it was interesting. It wasn't Ronda. wasn't Charlotte. Carmella was in one. Um, but it was Paige was all over it. And so, again, I don't know if that was just because she was coming back and that was newsworthy. But that was interesting. Then Randy Orton. Then Jeff Hardy. Shane McMahon. Then he had like. AJ Styles and Undertaker and Nakamura and other people who were there a little bit, but we're getting down to two or three people. So, you know, Cena was on there maybe twice. Once Flair and Cena were in a picture, once Cena was in a picture. Um, a couple times it was just Survivor Series 2017. Um, it also makes me wonder if maybe uh, SmackDown uses Instagram more in some really? ways because Shane McMahon was really heavily featured, but yeah. I don't know. It was just intriguing to me. It was in Randy Orton and, and the Hardys. So I, I actually think if the Hardys and Strowman feuded against the Shield, you know, you'd have a giant, giant Instagram feud there. And this is about but, likes, not even impressions. Yeah. So but, which are just, probably correlated, but okay. Yeah. And so you do have those hardcore fan bases. You know, I think a lot of it is that you know, uh, a Jeff Hardy picture and a Randy Orton picture does better than other pictures on the internet. Why is that? Uh, I think they just have a large contingent of fans that are very vocal. Mm. And if you ever criticize one of them, you'll find out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you should conduct an experiment and you should just tweet, Jeff Hardy sucks. And then tweet, Randy Orton sucks. And then see what the engagements are like. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Maybe we will. Maybe you can do that for us, listener, and let us know what kind of people hit up your your uh, your um, your feed as you do that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just thought it was really interesting. It, it just said to me that the shield is a big deal and that I think focusing on number one and number two with Ray and Daniel Bryan is very misleading when the really 48 of the 50 pictures were about the shield and people like that. So I, I just found it kind of an intriguing little WrestleMomics nugget that we could look at. Mm -hmm. uh, but Nicholas and Strowman are number three. Oh, we'll mention that. Yeah. So Nicholas is also a Nicholas draw. is a draw. Yeah. Get him on the house shows. Come get on him there. Get them on the loop. Part -time. Get them in the UK territory. Pop that. Yes. Get the Saudi Arabia to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, you've been listening to Russell Momics Radio. Uh, the show is was our, a more abbreviated show because it's our free show. Our premium show goes much longer, two hours, two and a half hours. Go in depth. We did a Q&A this week about WWE financials out of this TV deal. Last week we talked all about all the WWE financials in different ways. This week we talked about BTIG's analysis of WWE TV uh, we talk about that revenue estimates with Brandon and New Japan and Mookie's FMW analogy of the week. So you, you keep learning about FMW through through my weekly shows here. I feel That's like right. uh, I feel like this is my one chance to educate you, the educator. Who's so, the educator? George Barrios. George Barrios. Barrios. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brandon, people want to talk to you. People want to see you. What can they do? Um, they can follow me on Twitter mostly. I tweet there sometimes. Um, they can, let's see, they can follow me on Instagram at Farmer Thurston. They can follow my wrestling school, Graps Anonymous. And I'm kind of curious about where WrestleNomics Radio should be hanging out and making uh, new fans. So hmm. if you found us on Twitter, great. But if you found us somewhere else, let us know. We, we got to know where we should be hanging out. Should we be on Facebook ads? Should we be yeah. doing more message boards? She'll be on Instagram. Should we be on Weibo? Mookie's is afraid we're stuck in the uh, Twitter bubble as far as our, I'm our reach. I'm very terrified. So if, should we be on UK reality TV magazines? I don't know. Yes, we're, we're inhabiting the, the social media pillar, but maybe we need to uh, venture out into the linear television format, the pay TV e ecosystem. Maybe, maybe even we, we need to launch a WrestleNomics OTT streaming service. Or just roadside signs between here and Buffalo. Yeah. 
My name is Chris Harrington. You can catch us at Mukigana, at WrestleMomics, at WrestleMomics at gmail.com. Whatever it is. Have a great day, everybody. Happy uh, weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.